Hey everybody, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And we're back after two weeks. Thank you guys for being patient. As you know, we took off on a massive camping uh, road trip. Exploration. It has to be called a road trip. It, it, this actually does because we spent a lot of time on the road. And so I'm really excited because that's probably Molly responded to a text message or posted on our Instagram page, her Instagram page last week saying, I'm still having trouble. Pro- I still haven't been able to process all of this. And so I'm, I'm hoping we do that on today's show. Yeah, we haven't really talked about it since we got home. No, no, we haven't talked about it. I will tell you guys, I think that, well, I know that I'm one of those people who stores up stress and feelings in my body and doesn't even necessarily know I'm having them until I have physical symptoms of them. And when I, since we got home, I have had weird stomach issues. I've been utterly exhausted. Sunday, I took like a three hour nap and could barely function in the evening waking up. And I still, I'm now awake, I've had a headache for like three days straight, and I'm not a headache person, I'm usually very predictable in terms of my physical stuff, and I I honestly think the, the stress of what's going to go wrong next with the kids, and not having my comforts of home where I have all of my vitamins and all of my first aid stuff, and the predictability of the routine with the three-year-old and everybody else, we just, we are routine people, and not having the downtime. I, the, I think Titus internalized the not having downtime and alone time also. Um, he has spent a ton of time alone in his room and closes the door at night instead of leaving it open so he can't like he even hear all the sounds of the family. So yes. he and I um, are physically as well as emotionally still decompressing even though we've been home since Friday and today is Tuesday. Whew. Yeah, and in the meantime, the rest of us are just fine. Just you and Titus are the weird ones. Um, well, <laughs> or maybe Faith the rest having, of us. Faith are is weird. having trouble getting back on a schedule because she. Faith is just having trouble. She's three. Well, she's she's three for sure. She's having trouble because she's three. But alive. she also is a very. I make her be a very regular napper, and she will nap for two to three hours every afternoon. And she napped like three times total in this two plus week trip that we were on. And so, still went to bed after 10 yeah. o'clock most nights. <laughs> okay, so before we dive into all of the spectacular details, <laughs> um, just a quick, uh, not even really housekeeping note. Uh, we are a husband and wife. Uh, we have four kids. If this is your first time joining us, so you know a little bit about us. We have four kids, ages 10 through 3, and one boy, three girls. And we... Uh, live in Billings, we Montana. live in Billings, Montana. We homeschool... Um, we just we do a lot of different random things um and that's that's you know i've been processing a lot of that because um your dad actually the other night shared a a verse with me that really kind of resonated with where we're at in life um but anyway so uh, i'm self-employed and uh spend my my free time doing you know music and apparently trailer restorations and (laughs) a few other things so more on that but um, if this is your first time joining us, thank you for joining us. If you heard about it, us or heard about us on the world and everything in it, awesome. Um, we've communicated with a lot of you over the last couple of weeks offline, text messages or emails, and it's been a ton of fun. So please keep the comments and stuff coming. So that said, let's go all the way back, Molly, so people understand what our thinking is and where we're coming from. 
back when Molly, before Molly and I had kids, we jokingly ref- talked about restoring a vintage Airstream one day and <clears throat> traveling around the world if we ever have kids. In the and country. Then, in the country. Room. And then we tabled it. Um, and then many years later, we were coming back from Laramie, Wyoming, and Molly, you brought it up again. You're like, what about restoring a, a trailer and, and now that we have kids? And as we got to thinking about our own personal family life cycle during the year, we've got some downtime in the spring and in the fall. And so we're like, Downtime sure. is in between, between when we finish our ski season yep. and, and we can get into the when cabin. we can or get garden. into the cabin slash need to start a garden. Yes. And we're, I'm feeling lots of pressure on the And in the, thing and right in the fall, uh, it's, it's, you know, the cabin turns into bow hunting central. So we're kicked out as of like basically Labor Day. And then we don't have anything until I start hunting in the end of November. So, or end of October. Uh, rifle hunting so we kind of have these down times and so we looked for we started looking for something maybe renovate something doing a lot of research and uh i was given uh last year i was given a, a 1954 spartan royal mansion 37 foot trailer and so i started renovating that and then while we were doing that we recognized it was going to be a six-year 35 40 45 project whatever whatever's going to turn out to be um we were planning to do it over time though um and so that was okay. And then your uh, from there, you we somehow decide over the winter that we really didn't want to wait. And so we started looking at like little teardrops and maybe inexpensive sort of pseudo camping rigs with more established galleys and or bedrooms for Molly and I. And we didn't really find anything affordable in the teardrop world. But then you said, what about a tent trailer? My brother has a tent trailer. He loves it. So we bought this tent trailer in the spring did a bunch of renovation on it uh and i don't mean a bunch i mean we were we redid some of the old electrical we reupholstered new curtains uh repainted it flat black and you know everything else worked pretty well so um that's great so we took that out and then while we were doing this your dad ends up your cousin who was years ago had bought a school bus to renovate decided he didn't want the school bus anymore so your dad buys the school bus and we drive it back going, this could be really awesome. Let's do the school bus. And you're like, instead of the Spartan, instead of the Spartan. Cause you were like, I feel way better about a school bus than a Spartan because the Spartan is freaking huge. 37 feet. You guys we don't even have a garage. This would fit in you guys. It's, yeah, so, it's so big. big. So, um, we're like, okay, cool. Then this trip comes up with, uh, my brother, we meet and we meet his, uh, brother and sister-in-law as well in California. His sister-in-law sister, and brother-in-law. Sister-in-law and brother-in-law. His wife's sister. Yes. Sisters married my brother and another guy. And these two we sisters were high school. Yeah, these two high, these two girls were high school friends of ours. Um, so that was super fun. And so we do this. We come back. No, I don't think we came back. Partially through, and so partially through the trip, we got back and said... A school bus is going to be entirely 100% impractical for what we're doing. <laughs> because because we want to be able to drive in cities. Yep. We want to be able to drive mountain roads. Yep. Even driving Yosemite and Kings Canyon in Sequoia National Forest. Yep. Would have been very difficult. Yep. In a school bus. And then finding parking in the school bus yep. would have been very difficult. Yeah. And... You know, the pop-up is a really great, clever contraption, and it's really cool. But, you know, in order to... uh, For us, we have to spend... We don't want to stay anywhere 
you know, when we travel, we want to just be able to pull off somewhere on Forest Service or BLM or kind of wherever and be able to, to sleep for the night and then take off. Because we did a couple long, pretty much we're in Montana, so pretty much to get anywhere is like a day. At least. Um, we drove for three days straight. Three days straight to just to get to, to California. Yeah. So, you know, but in order to set it up, you've got to disconnect it. I got to totally unhook. Crank it up, pop it up, because pull it out. Because you guys aren't familiar, you pop it up and then the beds are on rollers that slide in and meet and then the top cranks down on top of the beds. But then when you open it, the beds slide out. So you have to have space where the truck, where it was attached to the truck for a right. king-sized bed. So, yeah. So in order to even set it up and then we, we, we're going to make, we're going on another trip to Oregon. It's like 45 minutes worth in of July. Setup. I don't want to say it's, I wouldn't say it's for, well, by the time you get to cooking dinner, maybe, but even still, I don't think it's that long because I can disconnect it, crank it up in minutes, minutes and pull it out, slide it out, pop everything. And we're, we're good to go. And I'd probably say under 15 minutes, it's a tear up setup and tear down i didn't feel like it was any more time than a regular tent uh i felt like the bang for the buck is better with a pop-up tent trailer because then you have you know your water your guys a furnace in your tent is life-changing okay when you're camping in the mountains <laughs> and it was and it's it got cold while we were freezing out there. for a couple of days so anyway uh we decided for a variety of reasons uh that we're not really tent people and figured maybe we'll just pull the bite the bullet and just go with uh with a van um so if you guys are not familiar with adventure vans or camper vans they are extremely popular on the west coast which is what we were where we were and so all they even have like rental ones yeah um but the the campgrounds yosemite driving up the coast of california to oregon there were so many of them, which explains why, one, there aren't many on the used market, is because they're super popular right, right now. And two, why they're so stinking expensive, because there aren't any on the used market. <laughs> yeah, and the renovated ones, I mean, these are really, really nice. Like, you know, you're, you're new. I, I, won't go into, I won't dive into details. But that said, we've done a ton more research since then. Um, and have, I kind of have, uh, have a potential van lined out. And I have, we've got the build out kind of all... In my head, I've kind of got the build out a little bit squared away. So there's just a few other pieces that need to fall into place. But that's cool. So, the, so, so as the my catch, friend Nicole has said, for us, hopefully the fourth time will be the charm. Yeah, Spartan hopefully the fourth bus, time. Pop-up, camper so van. the bus, in the meantime, has been sold to a guy that really, 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 really wanted it. He's a former pro diesel mechanic. And so he and his wife, he was looking for something. They had a, they had a regular camper trailer. But he, he has a boat he takes everywhere. And he didn't want a double pull. And it was just he didn't know what to do. And so we bring this bus to him to look at because he used to be a diesel mechanic. And he's like, this is amazing. How much did you pay for this? You've got a $6,000 motor bolted to a $6,000 transmission. He pulls out his wallet and goes, how much do you want for it right now? You know. So anyway, uh, your dad sold it to him. And he was super thrilled. He sent a picture. They've already painted it white. They're going to build a camper out of it. And he's going to haul his boat around. He's, and it he's will be thrilled. awesome for them. It'll be, he's thrilled. Because it's not a super long yep. school bus. So a family with one kid so, will fit and then great on it. While we were gone, uh, the guy who gave me the trailer was listening to kind of what our latest plans were. And I said I was planning on selling it when I get the floor, the subfloor and the in the frame done and he's like really i was like yeah he goes i'll buy it back from you <laughs> i'm like 
Okay. Because he envisions not hauling it anywhere. He yep. envisions parking it as like a vacation yeah. home. And if you look up like Spartan Rentals, they are awesome vacation yeah. homes. They're so cool. And here's the clincher. He's got a second one already. So all of the other spare parts you would need to make one complete one, because parts are really hard to find, he's got them. He can just cut them out and put them in. So um, so that's cool. Hopefully that works out. And then, so the bus is sold. And so then my plan is we're going to we're gonna do uh, another one or two trips in the pop-up tent. And then um, I'm going to turn around and sell that too. And then we'll be we'll be clean, and you guys won't think we're crazy. Are we crazy? We're crazy, Molly. We're nuts. <laughs> we are a little bit. Crazy. So, uh, on so that's that's kind of all the the realm of of the random. Uh, what in the world are Jr. and Molly doing? What are we doing, this? and what are we driving now? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. unless you followed us very carefully, it's probably very confusing. We've gone through, yeah. As Jeff, I don't know where Jeff is from. That was texting uh, you, uh, Iowa. So as Jeff from Iowa has yeah. has noted, he's not sure what we're actually traveling with <laughs> yeah, right now. He's catching up on all the episodes. Um, oh man, so uh, yeah, Whew. I'm glad we caught you guys up on that. I just totally derailed my train of thought here. Um, so anyway, on to this trip. Let's recap this. Let's recap this trip. Okay, so our. The backbone of the trip was meeting family, this family, two family groups, in Sequoia National Forest for two nights, and then Yosemite for two nights. So we, in order for us to get there, we drove to Idaho, camped in a campground, drove to Reno, camped on BLM land, or outside of Reno, uh, drove to Kingsburg, California, where Uncle Vernon invited us to camp. Hi, Uncle Vernon. Incredible experience. Organic Vernon. peach farm. And we learned so much about organic farming and fruit and organic chicken growing and um, fruit packing. It was incredible. It was really fun. It was amazing. It was also lovely to go to church with them. Uh, one thing that I've been telling people, Jer, as I reflect, one of my, weirdly, one of my highlights of this trip was taking our kids to church at two different churches during the course of when mm-hmm. we were gone. I remember growing up, and it was always really weird to go to a church that wasn't yours. It's kind of like, I have this very clear, very strange memory of going to somebody's house when I was in elementary school and having spaghetti for dinner. And their mom's spaghetti sauce tasted so much different from my mom's spaghetti sauce. I'm sure I'm sure now, like, they both... I don't know. <laughs> may, my mom probably actually made it from scratch back then, both for health reasons and for frugality reasons. But, you know, it could be very well be the difference between me having, like, Costco's Kirkland brand organic... And somebody's mom preferring like ragu or something or prego, you know, and you open a different jar, one adds meat, one doesn't. And, you know, the kid is like, I have this very clear recollection of being like, this is really weird spaghetti. This doesn't taste like spaghetti to me. And now it doesn't even register different spaghetti sauces, but 
I have this very clear. I don't know whose I house some, it was. I have some strange. I don't know whose mental. house it was, but I can actually picture they had a built-in wooden bench, like dining things. There was a square, so there were two sides that were a bench and then a wooden table that matched it. I actually can remember sitting at the table, but I don't know whose table it Your was. Your mom will probably call and tell us after she listens to the yeah, episode. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I ever told her that I thought the spaghetti eating experience was so weird to me. But but going to other churches is kind of the same. Like. I know this is spaghetti. Like, I know I'm at church, Mm -hmm. but this doesn't taste like my mom's spaghetti. Mm. And, like, going to other churches, the the lack of familiarity with the people and where to sit and um, not knowing what the liturgy is going to look like. Although one of the churches we went to was a PCA church that's fairly similar to ours in liturgy. And so that felt more familiar because we could at least predict um what was more or less Mm -hmm. what was going to happen next but um i think it's so great for our kids to have that experience and to say and to realize that all over the country and indeed all over the world if you account for time zones at this time on sunday morning people who believe the same things at core as I do, but express them somewhat differently, are all doing the same amazing thing that, and God is present with all of us at the same time. And so even though this church service in Kingsburg felt different than our church, and then the next Sunday we went to a church service in Oakland, California, and that felt different than our church, the same God was still worshipped and the same God was still present with us. And so it was it was really a highlight for me, weirdly, to I mean, I realized I could take my kids to a different church across town, but you just don't think of it because you know, if you can if you can sleep in your own bed, why would you sleep? <laughs> kids don't yeah. get this. Why would you sleep yeah. in a tent in your yard where you can sleep? Whoops, oh, Jared just water. spilled his water. Oh, it's been so hot here, guys. I've been drinking crazy amounts of water. Uh, so anyway, that was a highlight. That was a highlight for me. And then we got to have some downtime of just swimming in, in Uncle Vernon's pool. And that was a highlight for the kids. Whenever people ask what their highlights are. Titus, though, we've been home for four days. and But we were at church on Sunday. And we saw some people yesterday. And everything. what was your highlight? Like, oh, everyone asks me that. <laughs> well, of course they do. Don't be a turd. Answer them respectfully. And then the next thing is, I don't know. It was all a highlight. <laughs> But I think the other things that people, that the kids say are the highlights are swimming in Uncle Vernon's pool uh, and going along with that, eating, eating all the citrus and all the blackberries from his place that we could stomach. Uh, And then uh, the giant trees, just in general, but we, we focused on those in our first, first couple days. And then I guess on our last, on our way out of California. And then Yosemite, that was just jaw-dropping in terms of its beauty and the scale of all of the mountains. And then we we parked at the base of El Capitan and watched people through JR's really expensive hunting binoculars uh, we watched people climbing, and it's a four or five day ordeal for most people. And even on the through the binoculars, they're so high up and so far away. You're like, yeah, I think 
I think I can make that person out. I think that's a tent that's strapped to the side of the mountain. That person's getting ready to spend the night because it was getting towards evening. And that made a big impression on the kids, just how big it is. And then when we were up in Salem staying with your aunt and uncle, we watched the movie Free Solo. And putting that together, like, like the cinematography on that is incredible anyway. Like, you get dizzy at the heights and whatnot. But it doesn't feel quite the same as if you're actually there and you've you've seen how big it is in person, I feel like. So the watching the movie made a really big impression on the kids after having seen The Rock, the mountain. I don't know, what is it called? A rock mountain? It's just a rock. It's uh, a gigantic piece of granite. It's a gigantic of chunk of granite. <laughs> yeah. So that has been something that they have referred back to because the movie in combination with being there was kind of a mutually reinforcing way of appreciating it. I tried to find, maybe you fellow homeschool nerd moms can help me out here. I tried to find uh, some novels that would take place, have taken place like historical fiction or even historical novels that would have taken place during in that part of the country in Yosemite Sequoia National Forest. I I couldn't really find anything that looks like my kids would like it. We did learn about John Muir some because he was a naturalist who really got Yosemite on the map. And um, my mom's a huge fan of Ansel Adams, who did most of his photography in Yosemite. And so, you know, there was some of that mutually reinforcing things. But uh, I've just know from other homeschool moms that reading things while you're there makes the reading that you're doing come alive and i just i didn't really make that happen this time so funny side note molly you were we were watching free solo and molly decides to basically you know instagram stock both alex and his now wife sonny who's featured in the movie uh come to find out that Sonny was starting her four-day climb uh, the afternoon with a group of other women. With a group of other four, a uh, group of three other women and, a, and another guy. Uh, the day we were watching them, and there was a group of four down at the bottom of that had just started, kind of not just started, but had it's down at the bottom of the of the rock. And I was like, that's that awesome. Been them. We probably, that was probably them. Yeah. And so he, was, was super fun. he was climbing for fun in another part of the Quarter park, yeah. which I'd never heard of. But Yeah. So he met her at the top. And then, then. he met her at the top. Yeah. So that was, that was definitely cool. <laughs> Crazy moving. I can say, even if you're not a into rock climbing. climber or into rock climbing, you would probably love this documentary. Apparently the, like, so... <laughs> The, they started filming that he signed the agreement. His name is Alex Honnold. He signed the agreement with National Geographic to do this documentary. Um, and while he was in the middle of prepping and doing this thing, he meets this gal, Sonny. Um, and so she p- starts playing a, an increasingly important role in the book. She was losing her lease or something and moved into his camper van with him. And she's <laughs> like, I think we just moved in together. And apparently the director is like, whoa, 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 This is what, what? No, no, no. This is not, yeah. this is not in the plan for the First film. First of all, she's going to complicate the plot. And yeah. second of all, if he has a romantic interest, he's not going to want to put his life at risk climbing, climbing this, giant this crazy mountain. thing with no ropes. So anyway, it, 
I loved, I feel like her introduction into the movie is what made it much more engaging for me. It, Watching a guy climb is like, eh, we can see that all day long. But now you've introduced this human relationship dynamic between someone who's putting his life really at risk and his relationship and how they how they're working through a lot of that. So I I really felt like that really made the movie for me. I thought it made the movie really interesting anyway, too. So that's just an there interesting, a, fun. Yeah. So the movie is note. called Free Solo. It's you can rent it on Amazon Prime, but we watched it on your uncle's Disney Plus, and I think it's on Hulu. Right. So tell me, Molly, what were uh, some of the things that you hadn't anticipated that that come out at you, good or bad, that you're like, oof, I wish I'd known, or wow, that's that's actually a lot better than I thought, or whatever. Um, I'll start with the bad. I. I don't know if I wish I'd known. I wish there were a better way to do seven, six to eight hours of driving for several days in a row with little kids in the car. We we have Kindles for them, and they we let them use them on roads that they weren't going to make them sick. And then the batteries die, and you know one kid can get theirs charged at a you know nano pace. And you don't really want them to spend all their time on devices anyway. Um, one thing that surprised me on the flip side of that is several years ago, I bought The Chronicles of Narnia on audiobook. And it it sort of pains me in embarrassment to admit this, you guys, but I have never read past the first book. Same. I I've never read past the first like four chapters. My mom has owned... You didn't even know like the Stone Table Deep Magic nope. thing? I knew, oh. the pro- I knew the plot. You knew the plot, but you yeah. didn't know it. Uh, so I had read the first one, I'm, and I I feel like my mom probably tried to read them aloud to us, but I don't remember any of the other plots. And we made it... And I have tried to start them with the other kids, and Titus especially is really sensitive to scary things and plot tension. And so we, we've we had these non-starters, and this time I was like, look, you guys, we're just listening. You... You're... You're going to turn your Kindle. <laughs> You're off. stuck in the car. You're stuck in the car. You don't get to argue. You can stare out the window. You can read another book. You can sulk all you want. But we're listening to this. And it didn't take long before they were just hooked. They were super hooked. And Titus, very impatiently, we'd turn it off for, you know, to deal with a blow up from the three-year-old or something. And he would be like, can you turn it back on? Yes. I haven't even gotten back in the car from whatever issue we had stopped oh, to deal man. with, it was it was it was both annoying as well as really cool to see him so gripped by the story. Yeah. And Lily has asked several times, so we made it through the the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the Horse and His Boy, the what's the next one we listened to, Prince Caspian, and now we're and now in the we're middle on... of the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Yep. Is that all that we did? Yes, we're gonna have okay, to wait until so, our Oregon trip. Before no, we we're. Can do John I can have the kids sit down and like have quiet times listening to it. I don't want to be. I want to finish the book at least. We need to. I not do be, too, but we've got a whole nother road trip. We do, up here. but there's seven books in the series. So, we're gonna finish this book before. But Oregon. then I can't listen to it all. Okay, maybe a cabin trip. Okay, before. cabins work. Okay, like we can do that. Um. Anyway, so there. Every single book, I think we've had moments where not only is the storytelling great, 
and and the imagery he's just so masterful at it the we've had moments where like man i that would be a great sermon illustration (laughs) and sure enough on sunday we're sitting in church and our our guest pastor he not only preaches as a sermon illustration about the sequoias (laughs) he also uses as a prime sermon illustration one of the stories out of the horse and his boy which you actually retold this to me because it struck you so much it was essentially the same thing that that pastor Bostra mentioned where if you haven't read it you guys i like am, am joining a chorus of much better educated and much better cultured people than i am who would say who say no matter your age you should you should make an effort to get through the chronicles of narnia because they're fantastic and audiobook it's people with a british accent it was a famous guy who read the first one so it like hooks you in to buy the set and then it's no name readers for the rest of them but the in the horse and the boy there's a moment where this boy on a horse has been chased by lions on several occasions he well on one on one occasion he was chased by a lion another occasion there were lions prowling around in the desert roaring and he was scared and then another occasion he was actually chased by the lions again, and then he's he's on a strange horse that he can't control, and walking, the horse is just doing what it wants, and he's aware of this presence next to him, and eventually realize it's it's Aslan, the the lion, and Aslan tells him, "You you didn't keep encountering lions, all of those times there was just one lion, and it was me." And I was doing this for a purpose. Every single time I was chasing you, it was to steer you in a direction. It was to, or it was to hurry you up so that something, you know, you could, you could arrive somewhere at just the right moment. And he says, uh, the boy says, well, what about the girl? What about the girl who was with me? You actually hurt her. And he's the lion Aslan says, that's my story for her. You only get to know your story from me. And she gets to know her story. And we as a reader actually get to hear it later on. But I thought that was so... Just such an insightful thing into our lives. And such a great, even parenting moment. Where every single kid, we engage with them differently. Or we should engage with them differently. Because they're different people. And yes, it's not fair that she actually got scratches on her back and the lion had a very specific purpose for for actually hurting her and he yeah you were genuinely scared and you know god had a very specific purpose in disciplining you in this way and i think that we can't go through life with enough reminders that God has a unique purpose and call on each of us and we shouldn't be imposing our will on other people. We I had a text exchange with my friend Stacy this morning and we were talking about when people have have harmed have wronged people that we love in a way that man, maybe they don't necessarily owe me an apology, but maybe they do because their sin has impacted me. And the the patience that is required of 
of us to let God work out their story in a way that they're first called to restore the primary relationship that they broke. And maybe in God's healing, in God's time, he will call, he will open their eyes to ways that they need to work to restore their relationship with us. But in the meantime, we ask the Lord for a soft heart and to love them well in the midst of God working out all of their messiness because like with the horse and the boy and his boy, that's that's God's story that he's working out with them. And we don't necessarily get to have the privilege of knowing what God's doing in their hearts. We can watch and rejoice and pray, but we also are called to be patient mm-hmm. and persevering because even if their sin is impacting us, we may never we may never get reconciliation from that person. Yeah. Um, but but we we keep our relationship vertical. Like we need to stay right with God. And as if we're working on staying right before God, ideally that will keep us right in relationship with other people who haven't necessarily always done right by us. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, how was your experience? I think the the regular listeners on our show kind of know your vibe. How was your experience being in a small space with all four children for a prolonged period of time? <laughs> uh, I think it was okay. It was better than I thought it would be. I th- I slept better than I thought it would be. The first night, Faith fell out of bed, and it was a very it was so cold the first night. The furnace wasn't working, and we all had our blankets up over our heads. I fortunately I had bought these Eddie Bauer down throws and each of us had one and they're super warm, super light. They pack up really nicely. They they're not designed to be outdoor blankets and I don't like like there's a brand called Rumple that I looked that I shopped mm-hmm. around for and there's other knockoffs all over Amazon where it's like sleeping bag texture and so it's designed to brush off really easily. These are not that. They're almost like a brushed suede. But they clean up really nicely if they get pine needles on them or some dirt or something. But they, they're also light enough that I don't like being smothered. Like, I would ne- I never sleep with covers up over my head. And my face was so cold that first night. I had the blankets up over my head. <laughs> and I think all of the kids did, too. For the record, it was a short in the 12-volt system that I found on that particular uh 12-volt switch. So, yeah, poor JR had, was troubleshooting almost every stop on something I, we, different. We stopped the first night. We stopped. It was so funny because we were, we were camping in Lake Walcott, Idaho at, like a, at, a, at a full campground. So I plug my charger into my battery and it's raining a little bit and it's drizzly and cold. And I'm out there trying to figure out why my furnace isn't working the following... I remember it, was the, it wasn't the following in the morning. That, that afternoon, I couldn't get it working. I was trying to figure out what was going on and, and I look out and I see a guy with his camper and his big truck and he's underneath doing something. And then I look over and there's another guy tweaking in a panel on his camper. And so I texted my buddy who's been a longtime RVer and I was like, hey, I figured out what all what what you know what guys do when they go camping. They just work on their RVs. <laughs> my buddy goes, All the time. Every time, all the time. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I hate this. This is not what I want to do with my time. This is not why I come out here. I don't come out here to fix broken stuff. Like, I could do enough of that at home. <laughs> yeah. So um, so she fell out of bed, and she was very cold. So I brought her into bed with us, 
And she just kept rolling into me. So I ended up, I mean, it was okay because it was so cold and we kept each other warm. But I ended up smashed into JR and she ended up smashed into me. And I didn't sleep super well. And she wouldn't keep the covers up over her face, which means I couldn't have kept the covers up over my face because we were sharing a pillow then. So my face got cold. Anyway, all that to say, the next night... JR was like, well, we'll just turn and face her the other way. So when she rolls, well, I noticed, because she only rolls one direction. Because what I kept noticing when after she crawled into bed with you that morning is she kept rolling just one direction and conking you in the head every yeah. single time. And she only rolls, <laughs> let's see, she only rolls to her left, which is true yeah. at home. She, she rolls into the rail on her bed. Mm-hmm. And just like lies smashed between because otherwise she would fall off the bed. Yeah. So anyway, so he turned her facing the other way, and she just rolled into the wall for the rest of the trip, and it was (laughs) never fell out of bed again. Problem solved. (laughs) And so anyway, uh, other than that night, Uh. she she wasn't as problematic as I thought she would be falling asleep. Sometimes she was. Usually, at what she wasn't. Um. So I slept better than I thought I would. I still didn't sleep great. The mattress was hard on my back and my neck, and I'm wondering if that's why I'm having these headaches now. Um, and I would wake up from various kids having sounds. Interestingly, Elise did not have a single night terror the whole time no, we were she gone. Did not. She had a couple of like humping and moaning bad dream moments, but none of the like sitting up, yelling, and not able to wake her up moments. Um, Faith has struggled to readjust to sleeping in her own room because she's used to being in close quarters with all of us. But all that to say, I think I slept better than I thought I would, but I've been sleeping like a rock in really long nights since we got home. So I I have a sleep deficit. Uh, but yeah. so traveling in the car was not um, was not a great experience. You know, we took our truck. Because it wasn't that the Sequoia couldn't pull the trailer. It was because um, we didn't know what we were going to need and what we didn't. So we packed a lot. We overpacked intentionally. And I've got a six, I've got a, I got a bench up front. So one of the kids was riding with us up front. And that wasn't, that wasn't. It a, was cozy. It was not a f- super fun experience. And when experience. Faith would get ornery, she'd reach around and she just just bump the kids. You know, the other kids are trying slap. to do things, and and then there was the constant. There was a fight over the front seat until Titus finally realized that there's way more legroom in the back and it's more comfortable. So then Lily got the front seat and Titus got the back. But then and, Titus would get carsick in the back oh, seat. It so was just, it was constant. So. Anyway, that's one of the situations I hope to alleviate with this van. Um, I'm going to do three rows of bucket seats <laughs> and just kind of give kids their space. For Oregon, we're taking the we're taking we're hauling the tent trailer out in the Sequoia because we don't need nearly we don't need a fire as much. Range. Yeah, we don't need the wood. We don't need the life jackets. We, there's a whole bunch of stuff we don't need, and we can with our with the bag, if we need it, on the roof of the Sequoia, I think we'll be able to fit everything just And right. also, you guys, we have a rooftop tent on top of the truck. And we brought that thinking that if I couldn't sleep with the other kids, or if Faith couldn't, I could climb up in that and right. sleep on top of the truck. It would have taken even more setup and teardown. But that was a, not knowing how this would go, that was a contingency plan that we, we, you know, we dove into this. We didn't have any practice runs because <laughs> it wasn't really camping weather in Montana before that. It was amazing, though, like how well we could all manage in a small space. Like we figured that out really quick. Like, oh, we could do this. This is not, 
this is not a challenge. There are some conveniences, maybe, but... Um, uh, that, like, a full-sized RV would have? Yeah, or or even a, a full-attached trailer. Or I mean, there's trade-offs with everything, but... Um, so, what are your thoughts? How was your... Uh, how did you... How did the experience of seeing and doing these things with your family affect you? How did you process? Like, what was your thinking on that? Um, I love exploring with the kids. I, I read this book by Greta Eskridge a little over a year ago. Year ago? Over a year ago? Under a year ago? Around a year ago. She published a book called Adventuring Together, and one of her promises is that you, one of the best ways to build relationship with your kids in our modern era is to take all of you together out of your comfort zone and to do new things and to explore, whether it's museums or nature, where you, a lot of the places that we were both driving as well as camping there was no cell phone service. So I couldn't default to farting around on my phone or looking things up or being on social media because they're just simply, for almost a week, I had almost no cell phone service, which is great for me because I lack self-control in that area. <laughs> and and so there's... I feel like the delight of being with the kids was great. I I would have liked more just, like, downtime like, a, if you think of a traditional camping trip versus a road trip where you're just sitting around the fire, I, when you told me to make a list of things that I used and didn't use on the trip, one of the things that I didn't use was I had packed this cute little suitcase I got at Goodwill with games and crafts and the sort of thing that when we were in Idaho for almost a week last year and we were in the same place for the entire time, the kids played games with each other. The kids did all of this, like, they watercolored, or they would have if I'd brought watercolors. And so I, I bought a new set of watercolors, a notebook paper, figuring they would, you know, could just crack stuff open. They never unzipped that suitcase in over two weeks because we never had the downtime to do it. They played the... They played the card game garbage which we should look up a youtube link to define for for little kids who can't understand a lot of other games our friend julie taught us taught our kids this game it's just a like counting from zero to ten or from ace to ten game and even a kindergartner can grasp it and you can play against as many as as many each person requires a deck of cards but you can have as many people as you want and they had a, a garbage tournament with naomi um, the last night that we were with her. But otherwise, I I like the idea of just being still because we could do um, spend more time just doing things like that. But I love just the... And seeing our kids come alive at the, the various things that made them come alive. I mean, Faith, you know, she's she's kind of a throwaway. We have to do all of this again in 10 years so that she can actually remember it. But she just, she, everything was great for her. Yeah, it was. Except sitting in the car probably for all that. Yeah. I mean, she, she rode in a backpack on all the hikes, so she doesn't remember how grueling the hikes were, but, um, 
you know, Lily and Titus traded back and forth with our camera, taking great, some really fantastic pictures. And Elise, being Elise, was all about collecting things. I mean, I didn't even realize we came home with a bunch of long sticks <laughs> that she slid under the bench. And one of them is a really cool, like, really smooth bark wood. And I'm pretty sure she collected it on, where were we? On one of our hikes. I remember there were some bushes that I didn't know what they were. Oh, that was uh, that was the way up to the bridge or the waterfall bridge. No, it wasn't that one. Like Vernon, Vernal, Vernal, Vernon. No, Vernal, Vernal Falls. Falls. No, it wasn't that one. It was the it was the torn. It was Mariposa Grove. Oh, because the kids kept looking for walking sticks while uh, we were hiking. Oh Mariposa yeah, yeah. Grove. Sorry, Mariposa. I'm getting the two. Um, Ooh, so I think the kids are getting hungry, and I need to go feed them dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will finish with saying the the Elise collected some giant pine cones and she as long as i let her keep them or figure out a way to preserve them for her she will she'll like she'll remember that and those were hers and seeing the kids just really have an appreciation for how cool this was and i being the nerd that i am took pictures of signs that i wanted to be able to put in our photo book so as they review it, they'll continue learning and remembering facts about the science or the history of things and not just, oh yeah, there was me next to that giant tree, but there was me next to that giant tree that was a sapling when Alexander the Great was fighting his battles sort of thing. So um, that was my, I, I don't remember the question you asked, but that's my answer to your question. <laughs> how did you? I asked how you processed. Uh, uh, were processing all oh. of the doing all these experiences with your family and s- traveling around and seeing things. And- yeah, I I think it's fantastic, and I think it's really, really. I understand what a privilege it is to be able to drop everything and do the type of trip that we did because um, we did it because we had the time to drive. We could do it really cheaply. We we made one two grocery store trips the whole time we were there and stayed within you can verify with this with me i'm pretty sure we stayed within our monthly food budget oh i think we're wildly under because i i spent less than i normally would have in a month before we left and we did two under hundred dollar stock up food trips for the whole time we were gone I feel like and that was we over spent, two weeks. Cost-wise, we spent next to nothing the entire trip, except with the exception of gas. But, and every tank guys, of gas. Guys, we got the most expensive gas in the country. Oh man, I think it was just shy of seven bucks that I that I put so in twenty dollars. I almost did. I almost like I don't need this. There's another town, but a part of me kind of wanted to just because I, you know. I sp- but for the most part, I stayed gas. under. What did I say? I stayed under four bucks a gallon the entire trip. Um, even in California, even in California. So, you know, with the exception of gas and it, it was well over, there were m- multiple times that I, you know, pumps automatically stop at a hundred dollars. Most people would not know this unless they owned a truck and they tried to fill it up every time they go get gas. Cause I don't, I'm not one of those guys. that's like, well, I'm going to do $10 or $20. I just, I fill it up. Yeah. And so- <laughs> there were multiple times where I would hit the hundred dollar mark and I'm like, I've only got three quarters of a tank. <laughs> yeah. So other than that, and I got crappy we, gas mileage, What's, what's guys, the tri triumvirate like cost, you know, the triangle. Yeah. yeah time, time cost, cost and, and effort. Quality. Quality. Well, you so, can make it anything okay, you want. So that, that third one. So we were, and you can only do two of the three yes. in this triangle. So yeah. 
uh, so we were able to save on cost because we had so much time, but and have a great trip and hit all of this stuff. But the fact is, not everybody can take off two plus weeks for their kids' school, for husband and wife's work, for our friend Ty stayed at our house and took care of our cat and all of our household stuff mm-hmm. and like made sure our sprinklers were running and our house wasn't sitting empty and brought in the mail and my parents kept our dog. So, you know, some people would have to pay a house sitter, would have to pay for kenneling for their dog or bring their dog with them and have all of those hassles. So I recognize what a privilege it is for us to be able to just drop everything and do this and consider making this more of a part of our lifestyle. But it's a really, really cool privilege. And I think the biggest proof of the pudding is in the eating. Because you guys, that's the real saying. It's not the proof is in the pudding. The proof of the pudding is in the eating. That's the real saying for it. Sort of like... um, Anyway, I'm not going to go off on Well, I, I thought it was funny because anyway. I was losing weight. I felt like I was eating better and losing weight like up until the second week when we actually had those couple trips with family. Um, then everybody brought out the junk food and we well, ate Well, really junk food, food and, and also awesome. one, thing, one thing that I want to try to figure out how to do is our kids were so sick of the Costco snacks. I had Costco gummies and Costco fruit leather and two different kinds of Costco granola bars and Costco fig bars mm. and, by the, and Costco applesauces. And by the end of the trip, they were like... Do you have anything else? I'm so sick of these snacks. And I totally get that. But at home, I would be like baking muffins or making granola cookies or something. And I just don't have that option. So one thing I thought of was maybe making like Nutella crepes on a down day where I could just like wrap the crepes. Make Mm -hmm. it, guys, you make a crepe and then you spread it with Nutella or a healthier option. And then you just roll it up and store it in the fridge and you just eat yeah, it Yeah, I mean, and we could plan a trip. There's all sorts of things, you guys, that I'm thinking through in terms of things I want to change. And one of those is, you know, one of the little changes is like, I want to have five-hour drive days. Instead of recognizing hours. Recognizing that you're, like, if you're not, if you don't have a reserved campsite somewhere, you're going to be looking for someplace, and that's going to take a little bit of time. But it also gives you some downtime. It keeps the drive from getting too long, and then you have downtime when you get there. And when you have kids, our kids' ages, like when we pulled into the campsite in Idaho, we're right next to a creek, and they're immediately rolling up their pants and putting on their chacos so they can walk in the creek and skipping rocks. The and- first time they put on chacos the entire trip, yeah, by the way. <laughs> that, yes, that too. So I have to go feed the kids dinner for judo. Okay. But um, I don't... I, well, well, I was going to say, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, and that is that Titus needs some downtime. But the two girls would jump back in the car and do another two-week re- two road trip tomorrow if they could and so in terms of you know i have a lot of things i was i was storing up to talk about that were actually like substance things anyway um it for me in some ways this is yet another exercise in mom dying to self even dad dying to self like you you know we roll out of the car and the kids scatter to play, and you're training Titus to be helpful, but you're also trying to find a balance between he's a 10-year-old boy, yeah. and he's watching his sisters go play in the creek, and he's helping set up the camper. And he has things required of him. And, I mean, so there's there's fighting for a balance. But as parents, like, we did so much work to make this happen. And it, it's that's that's part of sanctification and growing and being an adult, right? Like, 
it all takes work. All the good stuff takes work. But in work. terms of, and I think that's one of the one of the major things for me is I recognized how much of a life. I I, I jokingly, partially jokingly, say it was a life changing trip for me. But I'm like, I recognize how important this is now. I will make a lot of sacrifices to make this a continued reality for our family. You know, and even today I spent half the day, you know, cleaning the camper, washing it, getting it all put back together so we can pull it out and do it again. You sealed it up um, before I was ready to like, I had blankets and stuff to store in there. We can, we'll pop it in the garage cause I've got, I'm still gonna have to open it up to finish that last little bit of electrical. So. Okay. Anyway, you guys, thank you for joining us. We will be back with you weekly. Um, again, since we're, we're home for a little bit and, um, you can follow us at too busy to flush.com or tb2f.com. You can find us in most major, almost all the major podcast, uh, pro applications, your favorite podcast player, subscribe to us, shoot us a like, if you can, uh, on iTunes, it's incredibly helpful. Uh, send us a message if you want at tb2f. That's the number two F at PM dot me. Or you can even shoot me a text message at 406-318-7136. We also have a little postcard feature on our website. Uh, and congrats to, I can't remember her name now, the first person to order something off of our website that wasn't family. So I'm going <laughs> to put some stickers in the mail for you or something because you're awesome. Um, we do have a swag shack on our website. We also have a list of recommended things that we enjoy as a family. So we do hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you're not a subscriber, you'll subscribe and catch us every week as we randomly muse about faith, food, fun, and people being weird and hard. And family. And family. Oh, yeah. That, that too. So. But people being weird and hard, you repeat yourself. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys have, uh, have a great weekend and a great rest of the week. Talk to you later. 